Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Religion would not even be an issue except for the Bible. Before we get carried away, let's read our Bibles now. I can assure you there are millions of Christians who did not take parts of the Bible literally. Forfeit all claims to your own authority. Stand without apology on the only authority that matters, which is the authority of God himself entrusted to us in his word. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. A sin that can make a nice guy downright angry. This is Wretched Radio. Are you familiar with one Chuck Swindoll? Began listening to him decades ago. He was perhaps the most helpful preacher in helping me to apply theology. Why? Because that's his specialty. While he would say he does expository preaching, his emphasis, it tips way on the side of application as opposed to as much Exposition. I didn't say he didn't do it, doesn't do any exposition. I'm just saying his expertise and his emphasis is on application. And when I first got saved, it was like, oh, so that's what you do with the doctrine of justification. Whoa, I didn't realize that that's how that theology actually applied itself to life. And he was very helpful in that regard. But it's been really a couple of decades since I've listened to Chuck Swindoll. But for some reason, a few weeks ago, thought of him, looked him up. He's 88 years old. He is still preaching at Stonebriar Church. It's a lovely looking facility. And what makes it lovely, of course, is they have a huge pipe organ up front, which beautifies any building, frankly. And I was intrigued then to go listen to some of his preaching. And I've been listening to, I wouldn't say a ton of it, but maybe 10 sermons of his. Because this man, I think, is, is, he has something that he can teach expositors. If, if there's a generalization that could be made these days about expository preaching is that it is, dare I say, too didactic. Now. You can go on the other side of the bridge and fall off into the realm of application. But I don't think that that is the malady of most ministers these days. I think it's they they want to exposit the scripture. They want to open up. They want to parse the verbs. And all of that is good. But application is also a part of preaching. So I've been listening to Chuck just to listen to how he does it. And I've been learning some stuff. I've been listening to his oratory, how he paints pictures, how he uses words, how he actually uses his voice. It's a magnificent instrument that this man possesses. And I was watching a particular sermon. This is about 11 years old. So I'm guessing he's 77 in what you're about to hear. Still possesses a magnificent voice. really agitating. And he was talking to the students at Dallas Theological Seminary, and he was encouraging them to do what Paul encouraged Timothy to do, train yourself for godliness. And if you've never listened to Chuck Swindoll, you'll just have to take my word for it. He is a jovial fellow. He's just a likable sort. He laughs big, quick to, to, to chuckle, not because of his name, of course. That would be that would be nominative determinism right there. <laughs> he chuckles because his name is Chuck. That's not why. He's just of that nature. And at 36 minutes into this sermon, two 
seminary students, 1 Timothy 4, I believe, Chuck Swindoll got mad. You're about to hear that. He got mad. What agitated this rather bucolic fellow? A sin that we don't talk about much. And the sin, I just gave a hint, is actually about how we talk, how we use our tongues, what we say, what we say about one another, what we say about circumstances. And it caused me to do a little bit of a deeper dive into the subject, because when you got a fellow who is typically just nice, get angry, there's got to be a reason for it. So I went to the Bible and I started looking up all the verses that talk about murmuring and gossiping and slander and complaining. And wow, the Bible has a lot to say about it. I wonder, how many sermons have we heard about this lately? Now, what you're about to hear from Chuck, it looked like he almost took a little bit of a discursus. He just kind of, you saw this, he had to say something. Perhaps. Listening to a kindly 77-year-old man get rather forceful toward these students about the sin of grumbling, complaining, gossip, slander, they're all intertwined, perhaps will serve as an encouragement for us to take this seriously. And here's one, boy, this fits, don't grumble. Some of you haven't even been here, but a few days you're already starting to grumble. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Stop it. He ain't kidding. He ain't playing with this one. He knows the problem with grumbling. Stop it. Stop that nonsense. It's terrible on your spiritual life. It's infecting to others. You become diseased. <sighs> That's a man who's seen some grumbling and complaining and slander and backbiting. Stop it! And the laughter stopped, didn't it? They thought that he was kind of just spoofing because we don't have a tendency to put much focus on this particular sin. And while they are definitely, they have their own distinctions, slander, gossip, murmuring, complaining, all have the same root. I mean, there's different roots, but the same root is Murder! Murder! I'm going to say something about you, something about the seminary that I attend, to kill it. Because that's what a harsh word does. That's why Jesus warned, you call your brother a fool, you're in danger of judgment. It is murder of the heart. So Chuck Swindoll giving a severe warning to these students. And did you notice, first of all, it's going to corrupt you. It corrupts you. If, if I gave you something to eat on a plate, and I told you it's very, very tasty, it's, but just so you know, it's going to burn your guts up. Would you consume it? You'd go, well, what do you know? Of course I'm not going to consume that. But it's really, really tasty, which is precisely the way that the Bible describes gossip. Tasty morsels. But as you just heard from one rather incensed Charles Swindoll, it's going to rot your soul and it's going to rot those around you. I'm not sure, but I think the sin of gossip perhaps finds its 
thickest density in the context of the local church. We sometimes call it sanctified conversations, but it's about others. It's about the pastor. It's about the worship team. It is about the, the way the place is being run, the way the lawn is mowed, whatever it happens to be, just complain, complain, gossip, gossip, gossip. And it's infectious. And others as well, because you just grumble. We're not interested in what you don't like. I know this is 11 years ago when corporate gurus would tell management leadership that's, that's, that's not acceptable. You have to listen to the complaints. You have to give an ear to the grievances. This man who's seen some things said, we're not interested. We don't, we're not, we're aware. We've been around the block more times. You haven't been around it once yet. We have. Stop it. We're interested in what honors God. So get past the stuff that irritates you. Nor should we grumble. Ephesians 4. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion. What could I say here that is fitting and uplifting versus tearing down? If anyone thinks he's religious, says James, and doesn't bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. That should terrify us. If I'm a perpetual gossip, murmurer, slanderer, this isn't an insinuation. This is a statement. I don't know that you're actually what you claim to be, James says. Proverbs, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. If, if you happen to be one of those murmuring gossips, you're a simple babbler. It's what the Bible says about you. And also, by the way, it warns you that if you know a simple babbler, you do well to get away from them. Because a simple babbler who babbles about others is going to babble about you. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I'm the Lord. That's Leviticus 19. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and when there's no whisperer, quarreling ceases. Got a lot of quarreling in your home? Is there gossip? Is, is it being fed, stoked? By slander and backbiting? What about your church, your organization? Put away all malice, all deceit, envy, and all slander. A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. One, two, three, four, five, six verses, I believe. I have about 15 more. <laughs> the moral to the story, you and I would do well to find ourselves somebody in church and ask, hey, hey, am I a talebearer? Am I a gossiper? Please help me to stop it. This is Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, 
we can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Have you ever felt like you're on an emotional roller coaster? It's okay to admit it because we've all been there and some of us are there now. Well, saddle up, buckle up, strap up, whatever it is you prefer. Just tune in to Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford. It's the podcast you quite possibly have been waiting for because it's the place where anxiety, loneliness, depression, and fear come face to face with the Bible. And don't expect Dr. Gifford to just read scripture. No, he wrestles with it and applies it to challenges we all face. Trust me, this podcast, it's a game changer. And it must be for me to say game changer because I loathe that phrase. But that's exactly what Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford is. It'll help you and it will empower you to help others too. You'll be throwing out biblical wisdom like you're in Solomon's Court. New episodes, they drop every Saturday morning at transform.org slash podcast or wherever you usually listen to podcasts. Trust me, you'll be glad you listened. Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles and the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines, but they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Master's Academy International. Know your reformers. Martin Luther was a German monk and professor who was plagued with doubt about his salvation. When he finally read the Bible for himself, he rediscovered the doctrine of justification by grace through faith. His bold witness for biblical truth was the spark that ignited the Protestant Reformation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Stop it! Stop that nonsense! It's terrible on your spiritual life. It's infecting to others. You become diseased and others as well because you just grumble. This is Wretched Radio. Let me ask where you grumble. Not if you grumble. Where do you do it? Jimmy, you have identified the locus of oh so much gossip, slander, grumbling, complaining. Uh-huh. Where have you experienced it, Mo- Mr. Handsome? Yeah, most often in the local church, it's uh, it's during prayer requests. Time. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, uh, we all need to be praying for... Uh, for uh, for Mary, you know her. Uh, 
she found out Jim was running around with his uh, with his assistant, spending a little extra time at work. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been going on for years now. In fact, there's rumors that there's a child that might be involved in this. She's thinking about divorce, but she's meeting with the elders privately to discuss it. So let's be in prayer for Mary yeah. and for Jim. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the gossip prayer. It can come. Look, it is so easy to deceive ourselves into thinking we're not committing a sin that the Bible identifies repeatedly as being a really big nasty. Bad for you, bad for others, bad for institutions. Loose lips sink ships, and they sink homes, they sink churches, they can sink ministries, they can sink organizations, they can sink anything. Why? Because the tongue sets things on fire. And we can justify it. Um, it in fact, which reminds me, Jimmy, yes. um, when, when we're done, I really need to talk to you about Matt. Uh-huh. Just some of the things that he's been doing around here. I, I just need to kind of get your feedback on just, just the way he's been doing yeah, things. I, I got a list, too. <laughs> <laughs> and wa and la we're off to the gossip races is there ever a time to discuss them but of course there is but we need to stop take a look and listen and ask ourselves the question why am i sharing this is this going to actually help in any way shape or form let alone help that person is it really going to help that's a, that's another one we can do hey jimmy i just i just need your advice on bruce uh-huh. You know, it's just, it seems, I, you know, I'll just share a few things. I don't, I, don't, I just need your help on this. Right. And then poof, off you go. And you share things that maybe you don't need to share, but we put it underneath the umbrella of uh, just gaining some, I need to gain some wisdom. That's what I need. I need to gain some wisdom. Yikes. It doesn't mean that that never has a place. But if we're honest, many times it's just a sanctified guise for sinning. The Bible is so strong on this. I shared with you six verses. And just consider James 4. Don't speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. I'm the one who decides the way things ought to be around here. You, who are you to judge your neighbor? Now, no, you don't throw out all judgment. This is a particular kind of judgment. It's evil. It's not uplifting. 1 Timothy 5.13. Besides that, They learn, oh, this is fascinating. They learn to be idlers, going about from house to house. And not only idlers, these are the, these are for, this is aimed at women, but also gossips, busybodies, saying what they shouldn't. You don't have to be a woman to commit that crime. Proverbs 11, 13, whoever goes about slandering, that's whoever, that's male or female, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. But he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Have you ever felt, that's right, feelings, have you ever felt something, an indescribable sense of, hey, that that felt good when you don't share something that you know that would be detrimental to somebody else if the person you're talking to knew about it? You could, you could share it, 
You could sanctify it, presumably, but you don't. And when you're done, it's like, hey, I kept a confidence. Why does that feel good? It's because you've resisted a temptation and you've done that which is godly and not sinful. It feels good to not just blap about somebody or everybody for that matter. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. You slander somebody? You're a fool. Not my language. Psalm 15, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend? Slander. It is all over the Psalms. It's all over the Proverbs. It's all over James. Proverbs 18.8, the words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. And what does it do? It corrupts you. It is like eating battery acid. Isn't that staggering? What comes out of our mouths actually goes down into our gullet and corrupts us. That's the, that's the power of the tongue. That's why James said, you get that bad boy under control. You're making some serious progress. Because that little thing inside of your mouth, mm, it is powerful. Haughty eyes. Here's, listen to this laundry list. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Did you notice the laundry list of sins that were being described? Most of them, you'd probably go, whoa, nasty. That's a, that dude. Bad news, that guy. And then this one gets tacked onto that same list. And one who sows discord among his brothers. I think that's why Chuck Swindoll was so torqued. He sounded mad. I mean, if I were, if I were sitting, I responded this way and it was just in my headphones while I was at the gym. Whoa, I better pay attention here. Third John. So if I come, I'll bring up what he is doing. Uh, uh, diatrophy. No, uh, what was the name of the bad dude? That what that was right. That's right. Diatrophy and third John. Yes. All right. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing. Talking wicked nonsense against us. It's in the church. Romans 1. Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God. Here we go again. This, what's it? Okay, when I say Romans 1, what sin comes to mind? Jimmy, we'll do a word association, which is never supposed to be done anywhere for any reason whatsoever. <laughs> Jimmy, yes. Romans 1, what sin comes to mind? Of uh, Unbelief. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That first off, that's yeah. yeah. All right, give me the second one. Uh-huh. Um, well, what's the what's the spiral into the bottom of the barrel? Yeah, sexual sin. Yeah, right. Yeah. Listen to this list. This this is when you know a nation or a group of people are in really depraved trouble since they didn't acknowledge God. So there's your sin of unbelief. God gave them up to a debased mind. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil. Now it starts a list, covetousness, malice, envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips? Whoa, what? With the nasty sins? Yeah, gossip and slander. Haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful. Yeah, these are all roots to a, to a really 
big manifestation of the nasty fruit of gossip and slander and murmuring and complaining. These things about the Jews, if you've ever wondered, why do we have these details about the Jews? I mean, why do we need to know that they were complaining to Moses, like, all the time? These things were written for your benefit. Look at how God treated them. Look at how God responded to them. People died because of their complaining, because it's a sign of ingratitude. It's a sign of pride. There's anger that is involved. 1 Timothy 3.11, their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, sober-minded, faithful in all things. Did you know it was everywhere, this particular sin? I know that pastors talk about it when, when the text brings it up, but when the Bible speaks about a sin so prevalently, it's just littered throughout the Bible. And we know, we all know we're all guilty of this. We all are guilty of this. There, nobody escapes this. Even when you're trying to not do this sin, it is one of the easiest ones to step in. Ephesians 4. A prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, one Spirit, just as you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And when you go about the business of chit-chatting about others in a negative kind of way, you break that unity. So what are we supposed to do? You got a problem? You got a problem? Most of the time, we overlook stuff. You've learned a dainty morsel. What do you do? You zip, zip, zip it. Now, what if the person has actually sinned against me? Well, then you got Matthew 18. Or somebody sinning. Oh, they're, they're caught in a snare, man. They can't get out. Galatians 6, when you go and rescue them. But the last thing we should do is murder them with our words. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hanks. Well, we start with a distressing event from eastern Uganda where a wife was tragically killed by her husband, all because she converted to Christianity. The lady had been seeking medical treatment in Kampala, where she had spent some time with a relative who converted to Christianity in 2021. After she received her treatment, she attended a church service in the city where she also was converted to Christianity. Sadly, her husband learned of her conversion and reacted violently, which led to her untimely death. Police are on the hunt for her husband, who is in hiding because apparently he's tough enough to take the life of somebody, but he's not tough enough to stand up to the consequences. Pretty par for the course. And as we tell you so frequently here at Wretched, please make sure that you continue praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. Despite the Muslim minority in Uganda, the instances of Christian persecution are still on the rise. Turning now back here to home in the United States, a recent survey has revealed that young men are spending more time playing video games and less time working, schooling, and doing other physical activities like going to the gym. Huh. Pretty interesting, isn't it? It's almost like there was something that happened about three years ago that confined everyone to their homes. I wonder what that was. Hmm. Well, in the world of sports, the World Aquatics Congress in Japan has announced an open category for trans-identified athletes to promote fair competition. 
This move follows similar policies from other international bodies. However, there's still an ongoing debate over the impact of such decisions. Research suggests that trans-identified males may still hold an advantage over biological females, even after a year of effeminizing hormone treatments. Huh, you don't say. Who would have thunk it? You can't take pills to alter what you didn't decide to begin with. Finally, we turn our attention to the state of Vermont, where a large conglomerate of pro-life pregnancy centers are taking a stand against what they perceive as a violation of their rights. And it is. The Alliance Defending Freedom is representing the pro-life pregnancy centers and has launched a lawsuit challenging a new law, SB 37, in the state and contends that the piece of legislation has undue and unjust focus on the centers because it prevents their ability to freely publicize the spectrum of their services that they offer. And the centers feel that it's disproportionate scrutiny because their cause doesn't align with the narrative that the world appears so keen on promoting. That's about the size of it. That's exactly why they're being marginalized. Let's be praying for those pro-life pregnancy centers in Vermont. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Zechariah was a prophet who preached God's judgment, repentance, and the promise of salvation to the Jews returning from exile. He relays a series of apocalyptic visions, focusing on the coming of Christ, the final salvation of God's people, and the final judgment upon sinners. Remember that Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of prophecy. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Get ready to squirm. This is Wretched Radio. One word that might make you go, you ready for that word? Here it is. L-O-V-E, love. You say, no, I love love. And I love stuff. I love chocolate. I love a ride in the country. But do you love the love of God? Or does talking about God's, get ready for this word, another one that might make you bristle, his affection for you, give you the hives. Dr. Heath Lambert has written a book that just might help you. If, now please note, this, this, is, this is going to sound like, a little bit, like one of those ads for one of these new medications that helps you with whatever your malady is. And then it gives like 75 things you're going to get from it that are seemingly way worse. I would wait a second. All right. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I've had the hives before. So well, like when I was a kid, I don't know how I got them. Got them. It's not fun. It's terrible. So having itching skin, I get it. I'm watching some commercial for an itchy skin medication. I didn't know. It, it's not like we used to put calamine lotion on it. That goopy stuff. Sort of like Mercurochrome. Whatever happened to that? And the laundry list. And it was cancer and diabetes. And I'm like, whoa. I'd rather my skin itch. I'd rather scratch up against a post than get any of those things. You make your own medical decisions for yourself. This is going to sound a wee bit like that. This is the disclaimer. We actually would like you to have this book. If you do get the hives from thinking about God's love for you. Heath Lambert's book is called The Great Love of God. 
Encountering God's Heart for a Hostile World. It has a foreword by Johnny Erickson Tada, and he recognizes and identifies that some of us struggle with this subject. About three weeks, four weeks ago, Jimmy, we did a response to the Netflix video on the Gaither mm-hmm. disaster. And it had to do with the Duggar family, and they were they were diving into uh, some of the teachings. And we 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 talked about it and what we might be able to learn from it and not just jump on and pile on. And we said at the end, if you've been if you have been influenced by Bill Gothard's teaching to the extent that you struggle with actually enjoying the fact that God loves you and the fact that he wants you to experience it, it isn't a box to be checked. Right. Okay, God so loved the world. Got it. Check next. What else do I need to know here? Because I understand that. No, no, no. Not about understanding the love of God. It's experiencing the love of God. That you might know it in an experiential way that God actually L O V E S is you. I guess it'd just be L O V E S S U, not S's. <laughs> well, you. Unless it's plural love. At any rate, <laughs> the number of, I, I, I think, last time I heard, now, and we did the exact same disclaimer. Only if you have been affected by these teachings and you struggle with this subject, then you go to wretched.org slash love and we'll give you the book. And I, for the most part, and even if they weren't affected by Gothard's teaching and they struggled with really, really enjoying the love of God in increasing measure, we said, we'll send you the book. Now, that was, that was a YouTube video. 120 people said, I, I, I'd like that book. So we thought you might need it too. And we'll give it to you. But please don't just go to wretched.org slash love because it's a free book giveaway. That's, that's really not its purpose. It's too expensive, quite honestly. <laughs> it's not a cheap book, uh, but we'll give it to you. You have to pay for shipping, just FYI. You do have to pay for shipping, but we'll send you the book because God wants you to know his love for you. Uh, do you know why God created the world? Now, there's a lot of reasons that you could give. But, but ultimately, obviously for his glory, he did all of this. But might I suggest the motivation for God's creation of an entire universe, not to mention his predetermined plan to create human representatives that would sin, that would need a seed, a head crusher to redeem them, to defeat death, knew that all along. But what motivated that? What motivated that? Why would he do that? Might I suggest John 3.16 holds the key for us that it was his overflowing love. So much love. I, people have to, I want people to experience this and enjoy this. I got so much of this that I even love really wretched, awful people because he's good. He wants us to have the best and the best is him and his love. And he wants you to know it. He created a universe so that he could express it through the redemptive work of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Are you able to experience, enjoy, and grow in that knowledge and love? If not, we'll give you this book. If 
That is actually an experience for you. It's called The Great Love of God. You can get it at wretched.org slash love. Would you like to get a little bit more of the heebie-jeebies? Let me just read some of this to you. It's going to challenge you. It challenged me. I really had to ask myself a question as I'm reading this. Why do I find myself being a little uptight about some of the language that Heath Lambert used? And, and, and a part of it is, and I think, and he actually identifies this in, in some of the categories of people who resist really focusing on the love of God, that some of it is because of the abuse on the doctrine of the love of God. It's become so squishy, so terrible, you know, just ridiculously overused and romantic uh, that it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, that might be it for me. Good. Might I have abandonment issues? I, I don't know, but I found myself going, hey, Heath, let's, uh, let's kind of back off on the love of God business here because now there is one word that I, that I, I wish he had chosen another word. And he explains the word that he chose, and it's right. He's he's right to use that word, but I, I'm I'm using that word as an example of how I I I had to do some wrestling with this book. The word was embrace, God's embrace of you. I hear that and I go, oh, that sounds like a Bethel worship song. Oh about oceans of his deep, embracing, warm love. <laughs> but isn't that the way the Bible describes God's all-encompassing? He'll surround you with his love? You're in a cocoon of love. How did that sentence hit you? Whoa, 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 whoa! With a cocoon of love. What, did, what just happened here? That's just the way the Bible talks. The scriptures are very willing to talk about God's love in very effusive terms. You're going to struggle with this book? Then it might actually be for you. Here's how it starts. God loves you. <laughs> God's love. Now, just, just do a little test on yourself. Just see where my, une my discomfort meter ticks to. Scale of 1 to 10. God's love is greater than the measureless galaxies in the vast expanse of creation. Huh? How's your meter? And where's it ticking right now? That's how big God's love. You say, just gloppy talk. Okay. How, how, how does God describe his love? It extends to the universe. It's where he gets it from. This is biblical language. Now it's condensed. And any time, by the way, you read a book that focuses on one attribute of God, you got to be careful because it can be consumed out of balance. That's that's. I don't care what it's about: holiness of God, righteousness of God, love of God. The whatever whatever you're studying on one particular thing, it can it can it can cause some imbalanced responses. So we'll want to watch for that. God's love stretches eternally beyond the distant sun and plunges forever past the depths of the deepest sea. <laughs> That's biblical language. He's just paraphrasing. It is broader than the sprawling sky, but nearer than the air in your lungs. God's love is more tender than a loved one's caress. Eh? How's your meter? And more powerful than a supernova's blast. 
It is infinitely more beautiful than the glorious colors encompassing the setting sun. God's love existed forever before you were born, and it will endure for an eternity after you die. That's paragraph one, page one. (laughs) If that made you queasy, you might need to get this book, and we'll give it to you. It's our gift. There are times when we identify what we believe to be might be some popular needs in the body. We did this before with the subject of assurance with Mike Abendroth's compilation of Puritans talking about the assurance of God in very effusive, emphatic terms, by the way. And I think, was that four, five, six hundred people requested that book and we're thrilled to pieces to send it to you. It's courtesy of our gospel partners. You pay for shipping, but maybe just maybe you could use a little bit more on the love of God. Wretched.org slash love. This is Wretched Radio. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at preborn centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. We are so grateful for your ongoing support. We exist to preach the gospel, to equip others to preach the gospel, and to strengthen the local church. That's what we're all about around here, and we want you to join us in making that happen. And if you need transparency and accountability, we're all about that as well. Remembers in good standing with the ECFA, which means we couldn't waste your money even if we wanted to. So would you consider partnering with Wretched to save the lost and to reach millions with the gospel? The more you give, the more we're able to give. We rely on your kindness and your generosity. So become a gospel partner. Just visit wretched.org slash donate. You can get all of the answers to all of the questions that you have right now on what it might look like in your life to do so. Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Club's ministry partner? 
Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is giving. All Christians are commanded to give, but God has given some an extra measure of generosity so that they can give generously, knowing that God will provide for them as they work to provide for the needs of the church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Oh, fascinating. We've had our first request from one handsome Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> Couldn't possibly be. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, where'd, where'd your queasy meter yeah, go? You know, uh, and I'll be honest with you, Todd, it, it probably went a little higher um, than, than I would like. I actually have had the book for two months myself. Oh, what? I bought it when it was first released. I haven't got past page two. For that very reason. It was because it was too much for yeah, you. It, it, it is. I get it. Yep. I get I get it. Mm-hmm. There there okay. There was there was another book that, uh, that was written on the gentleness or the lowliness or the meekness of Jesus. And and I struggled to finish that one because it just it 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 was it was Again, you, you've got to give some consideration to the author. When they're focusing on a particular subject, you're going to get a lot on that subject, and you're going to be asking the question, well, where, where are they at with the justice and righteousness and holiness of God? Well, what about the fact that he's a consuming fire? And, and you, can, you can feel like, therefore, the book is so imbalanced, I can't benefit. Well, you can, because a book that tried to address all attributes of God would actually be called The Bible. And it would just be an unreasonable tome to read. And so instead, Keith Lambert has compiled many of the verses that describe the love of God. And I know how I responded. Now we know how Jimmy responded. <laughs> Jimmy? Yes. Were you loved as a child? I, I was. Huh. I think. You're sure? I know. This love of God is different and better than any love you've ever experienced in your life. The love of every other person for you is based on something about you. They love you because you're their son or daughter, husband or wife. They love you because you're cute, pretty, smart, funny. They may love you because of something you did or didn't do. This is not the way God loves. Everyone else loves you because of something true about you. God loves you because of something true about himself. <laughs> oh, man. It's God's nature to love. Is it possible that you have a heavy burden still? Because as a Christian, when you sin, you feel absolutely crushed by it. Make no mistake about it. A Christian with a tender conscience, which we should always seek to maintain, should feel badly about sin. But but this it just it's it's more than that. It, it's more than you committed a sin. You confess it to God, you thank him for his mercy, and and then off you go. No, it just stays with you, and you're like pilgrim. And you're not making much progress, but you're gaining a lot of weight on your back. Could it be because you struggle with the love of God? That he really, really, 
really loves, and he manifests that love through the person and work of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Please notice how I separated manifest and Jesus with second person of the Trinity, so as not to be a T.D. Jakes-like modalist. God loves you, and if you aren't experiencing the joy that he wants you to have, maybe this is where you're tripping. For whatever reason, you know what, to not get all Freudian, the reality is how you were brought up, how you were loved historically, it's, it shapes you, it, it molds you to a degree. That could be a reason. But if, you're, if your walk isn't increasingly, I have shalom, maybe it's because you struggle with the doctrine of God's love. It is God's nature to love. Nothing you've ever done or ever could do will make God love you. He loves you because of who he is, not who you are. It flows from the fact that he is God. Love is who God is and what God does. I I could be wrong, but I think there's only one time in the entire Bible when God puts a predicate nominative between a noun and a descriptor. God is what? Love. It's who he is. And if you struggle to like, oh, wow, that's it's like amazing, then you're missing out. And God doesn't want you to miss out because that's why he created the universe, for you to experience this and actually enjoy it. Then maybe you're the sort who goes, no, 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 if I do too much basking in the love of God, I'm going to slip in sanctification. Heath makes the case. I think the Bible makes the case. Just the opposite is true. The more you love God, the more you hate sin. That's just the formula. It is so basic. Love him more. Look at the cross. Appreciate the cross. See what God has done. We just had a sermon on this on Sunday. 1 Peter 2, I believe, verse 24. An injection, it seems, into this this trilogy of submission. Submit to the government. Submit to your bad boss. Submit to your bad husband if you're a wife. And then in the middle of it, Tells you how. Well, what's the how? How do I do that? Because my reaction to God, what do you mean? We're not supposed to resist the tyrants? How can I do that? Study the cross. Look at what Jesus Christ did. Look, 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 study, study, study. Now, what did he do? What was it there? I think many of us, yes, justice was taking place at the cross. Absolutely. Sorrow and love flowed mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet? Huh? Love? What, what? That was an act of love? Yeah. For you, sinner. For you. God's love will never waver. If God's love were based on who you are, then you could change it. You could do something to make it start or stop. When God loves you because it's his nature to love, his love for you will last as long as he does. The significance of this love will stretch into 10,000 forevers. It will transform everything about you. Indeed, it will. It'll change you. It, it's, going to, it's going to transform you into the image of Jesus. When you stare at him with unveiled face, what happens? You are transformed from one level of glory into another. This does not mean we never talk about sin. Doesn't mean we don't talk about holiness. It doesn't mean we talk, don't talk about foolishness. 
But it does mean that we should be talking about the love of God a lot. The great love of God is his commitment based on who he is to delight in you. Okay, Jimmy's meter just went, hold it, (laughs) hold it. Okay, I can sort of grasp this non-emotive sort of love that God has. Okay, it's a benevolence. It's a self-sacrificial love. Hold on. That word that was just used is that he delights in you. Now, it's not because you're delightful. Heath is making that clear. It's because you're in Christ. You're hidden in his son in whom he delights, in whom he is well-pleased. That means you're in Christ. He's well-pleased with you. God is well-pleased with you today. You say, no, wait a second. I looked at pornography this morning. Are you in Christ? He's well-pleased with you. And you know what that's going to cause you to do? Not want to turn on that computer again. While you were doing that this morning, God was well-pleased with you. That's, that's the fuel you need if you want to fight sin. It is the absolute, why would I do this wicked thing and sin against my God who loved me and died for me? The great love of God is his commitment based on who he is to delight in you, to give you wonderful things, and to protect you from harm. That everything that you experience in this life that is good is a gift of love from God. I have a bottle of juice. It is peach mango, low calorie, no sugar added. It quenches my thirst. This is a, this is a gift of love from God. Because where do, where do these gifts come from? All good and perfect gifts come from whom? From him. I, I, think, I think it was Randy Alcorn in his book, Heaven, who said that, that, that if, if you love the rays of the sun, when you're in the south, you're inside, you're just shivering because everybody turns the air conditioning down to like 60 in the south and you step outside and it goes ah it feels so good or you're in the midwest and you come out of winter hibernation and the sun is oh what are you digging you're digging the warmth of the sun it's the sun that is giving you the rays and the warmth that you're enjoying so it's really not the rays we should be loving as much as the producer of that gift ditto with everything Everything, every good thing that you've experienced today, here's, here's, here's perhaps the key line. God does not love you because you matter. You matter because God loves you. Want to wrap your head around that? And more importantly then, have your heart affected by that? The book is called The Great Love of God. If you struggle with this particular subject, we would like to give it to you. Go to wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible. You pay for shipping. We pay for the book, courtesy of our gospel partners. Are you tempted? But thinking, nah, maybe everybody else. I'm just, I'm, I'm too big of a mess or I've sinned too much. Wretched.org slash love. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.